Blessings to you all on this solemn and joyous day of the Nativity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Nativity of Jesus proclaims to the ends of the universe and throughout all time that the God who entered our existence at his conception is now born to offer all a share in his divinity. In his human nature, Jesus not only teaches with words and deeds, but lives among us to model full human existence. To know true happiness and peace in worshiping his Father. To know true happiness and peace in giving of ourselves selflessly in the relationships that define our existence. To know true happiness and peace in generously serving the needs of all, especially the poor. To know true happiness and peace through graced forgiveness received and given and to know true happiness and peace through a non-entitled life of thanksgiving and gratitude. Such are but some of the gifts the Lord blesses us with on this celebration of his birth. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the solemnity of the Nativity of the Lord. Guiding us today in opening the Word of God is, once again, one of Christianity's greatest theologians, Origen of Alexandria. Origen was a prolific writer, and many of his writings are extant and relatively accessible. Today on the Nativity of the Lord, we listen to an excerpt from his Homily 12. This is part of a a collection of homilies on the Gospel of Luke and is helpful for us, particularly for the Mass at Dawn that narrates the visit of the shepherds to Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. My Lord Jesus has been born and an angel has come down from heaven to announce his birth. Let us see whom the angel sought out to announce his coming. He did not go to Jerusalem. He did not seek out scribes and Pharisees. He did not enter a synagogue of the Jews. Instead, he found shepherds in the field, keeping watch over their flock, and said to them, Today a Savior is born for you, who is Christ the Lord. 
Do you think that the words of the scriptures signify nothing else, nothing more divine, but only say this, that an angel came to shepherds and spoke to them? Listen, shepherds of the churches. Listen, God's shepherds. His angel always comes down from heaven and proclaims to you, Today a Savior is born for you, who is Christ the Lord. For unless that shepherd comes, the shepherds of the churches will be unable to guard the flock well. Their custody is weak, unless Christ pastures and guards it along with them. We just read in the Apostle, we are co-workers with God. A good shepherd who imitates the good shepherd is a co-worker with God and Christ. He is a good shepherd precisely because he has the best shepherd with him, pasturing his sheep along with them. For God established in his church apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. He established everything for the perfection of the saints. Let this suffice for a simpler explanation. But we should ascend to a more hidden understanding. Some shepherds were angels that governed human affairs. Each of these kept his watch. They were vigilant day and night, but at some point they were unable to bear the labor of governing the peoples who had been entrusted to them and accomplish it diligently. When the Lord was born, an angel came and announced to shepherds that the true shepherd had appeared. Let me give an example. There was a certain shepherd angel in Macedonia who needed the Lord's help. Consequently, he appeared to Paul in his dreams as a Macedonian man, and said, Cross over to Macedonia and help us. Why do I speak of Paul? Since the angel said this, not to Paul, but to Jesus, who was in Paul. So shepherds need the presence of Christ. For this reason, an angel came down from heaven and said, Do not fear, for behold, I announce great joy to you. It was indeed a great joy to these shepherds, to whom the care of men and provinces had been entrusted, that Christ had come into the world. The angel who administered the affairs of Egypt 
received a considerable advantage after the Lord came down from heaven, for the Egyptians could become Christians. It profited all who governed the various provinces, for example, the guardian of Macedonia, the guardian of Achaia, and the guardians of the other regions. It is not right to believe that wicked angels govern individual provinces, and good angels do not have the same provinces and regions entrusted to them. I think that what the scriptures say about individual provinces should also be believed more generally about all people. Two angels attend each human being. One is an angel of justice, the other an angel of iniquity. If good thoughts are present in our hearts and justice springs up in our souls, the angel of the Lord is undoubtedly speaking to us. But if evil thoughts turn over in our hearts, the devil's angel is speaking to us. Just as there are two angels for individuals, so, I believe, there are different angels in different provinces, some good and some evil. For example, very wicked angels kept watch over Ephesus on account of the sinners who lived in that city. But because there were many believers in that city, there was also a good angel for the church of the Ephesians. What we have said about Ephesus should be applied to all the provinces. Before the coming of the Lord and Savior, those angels could bring little benefit to those entrusted to them, and their efforts were not powerful enough to bring about success. What indicates that they were hardly able to help those under their charge? Listen to what we say. When the angel of the Egyptians was helping the Egyptians, hardly one proselyte came to believe in God. And this took place when an angel was administering the Egyptians. But then, many proselytes among the Egyptians and the Idumeans received faith in God. That is why Scripture says, You shall not detest the Egyptian, because you were strangers in the land of Egypt. Nor shall you despise the Idumenian, because he is your brother. If sons are born to them, they will enter the church of God in the third generation. And thus it happened. From every nation, some became proselytes. The angels, who had these nations subject to them, strove to attain this. Now nations of believers come to faith in Jesus. The angels to whom the churches have been entrusted have been strengthened by the presence of the Savior and bring in many proselytes. Assemblies of Christians 
come together throughout the whole world. For this reason, let us rise up and praise the Lord. Let us become a spiritual Israel in the place of the carnal Israel. Let us bless Almighty God by deed and thought and word in Christ Jesus, to whom is glory and power for ages and ages. Amen. All holy men and women, pray for us. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we are bathed in the new radiance of your incarnate word, the light of faith which illumines our minds may also shine through our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.